0: Welcome back, everyone, to a special edition of High School Transcript. This is your host, Rowan, joined here by...
1: Co-host, Bailey, and we are here respecting the privacy of Lakeside's Power Couple by having Mr. and Mrs. Jones join us through Zoom for this Valentine's Day episode.
0: We hope you guys enjoy giving it a listen.
2: We'll try to, if we're still on, we'll try to get up and go somewhere else before that.
3: The other thing that most of you are unfamiliar with, uh, Bailey does not have a fair assessment of this because she's online with me. But most people would say that uh, three, four and a half hours is not nearly enough when I get talking. So just to understand that, I, when I, I get going, you're going to have to cut me off.
2: <laughs> Which is saying something because my whole life, everyone told me I talked a lot and I can't get a word in edgewise once he gets started. <laughs> That's surprising
1: because I feel like when you give your, like, it's honestly like a quick, like 10 minute kind of talk with all of us and it just right. sounds like. You know you already knew what you're going to talk about was going to like go on
3: <laughs> forever it's, it's, this whole format of education the way it is now is so different it's like you guys don't me know me and i don't know you and, yeah. And yeah. I, yeah when i saw you on face or on camera right now i'm like oh well, you know there's bailey <laughs> that's,
0: that's the just, face it, to the voice
3: yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A, such a uh, it's a different atmosphere that we're all in.
0: yeah what were you both like in high school Uh,
2: I'll start, I was, I loved high school. Like I was a good student, like a a really good student. And I played three seasons of sport. I was involved in like choir and like a show choir. I was president of the link club. I had a lot of friends. Um, I just had fun. Like if I was sick, I went to school anyway, because how boring would that be to just stay home? And I enjoyed my teachers too. Like I, I I, really enjoyed it. Like went to all the games, went to all the drama performances, just, I also grew up in kind of a small town in Minnesota, so there wasn't a whole lot else to do anyway. So that's just what everyone did. And um, I, I really enjoyed high school.
3: Yeah, for me, it was, um, uh... Quite the opposite. uh, My whole high school experience pretty much surrounded uh, basketball. Um, My freshman year, I played three sports, football, baseball, and basketball, and was really into all of them. But going into my sophomore year, uh, I just liked basketball more and started to be a time where you kind of had to do it year round in order to really excel and maybe uh, be able to pursue the college level. So I actually was better at baseball at the time. So there was a little bit of disappointment from coaches uh, that I went the basketball route, but that's what I loved. And so my routine on a daily basis was uh, after school, I basically was in the gym from three o'clock until seven or eight o'clock, pretty much every day. And uh, I was a good student. Um, I was a 3.3, 3.5 student, but my focus really, uh, and my enjoyment level was always around basketball and that's where I spent most of my time.
0: What were your favorite subjects, um, Mr. Jones and then Miss Jones after?
3: I can tell you the best class that I ever took and the one that I gained the most out of was my AP World History class. Um, that was my sophomore year and we had a teacher, her name was Mrs. Shaheen. She was a tiny, a uh, middle eastern lady that made she was had a really thick accent and at, at that time we had uh chalkboards that were on three walls and they would always be empty when you walked in and at the end of the one hour period every single inch of those boards was full and it was so hard to focus and get everything down and the textbook was impossible to read but in retrospect, I gained so much more in that class than anything else and really kind of looking back valued that experience. Um, I was mostly about the social sciences, but that was, the, that was the number one class I ever took.
2: I think my favorite, I don't know if I had like one subject. I think I liked certain classes because either the content or the teacher or both. Uh, the first class I really loved was geometry um, because I liked the teacher a lot and I loved the, like the logical problem solving of it. It just like, it made a lot of sense to me right away. And I was in an advanced class where there was like a lot of competition. It was just fun. Like every score was posted on the window the second you took a quiz and it was like kids competing against each other. And the, teacher mr loaf you had to stand up and go to the board and solve stuff in front of kids you just had to be on the spot and like on your a game all the time and thinking so i really enjoyed that and i also liked my physics class a lot i think for the same reasons because i think it's the same type of logical problem solving and i also like my teacher a lot he was also my freshman basketball coach and um but i i liked english too so i really enjoyed i had a teacher that i had for two years in a row for like advanced composition and um he was so particular like every single word you would have to rewrite your paper like eight or nine times to get the a and i wanted the a so i just kept working on every single detail until by his standard it was perfect but i really learned how to write Um, and that's like a life skill that you know to this day i'm thankful that I have kind of in my back pocket.
3: I was surrounded by a super high achieving environment uh, with students and just the school that I was at. Um, I mean, just about every student on our campus was uh, going to a four-year university. Um, They were uh, going to all the UCs. We had multiple students. I want to say it was around the number of 20 students that were going to Ivy League schools. Um, So it was just a really high-powered academic environment, which worked for me as far as discipline was concerned. But uh, where it was hard on me was, again, I didn't necessarily relish all of the uh, different classes that I uh, was going through, but it certainly uh, brought a discipline to me that I used not only from an academic sense, but also an athletic sense. Uh, and still, you know, draw back upon today as far as my expectations—not only of my own students, but coworkers and coaches—I uh, just have a high standard for what work ethic is, and um, I think it comes a lot from that high school experience.
0: Back then, when did you guys, or what did you guys see yourself doing career-wise? Um, so, if you were to, if someone was to ask your high school self back then, you know, ten years down the road, where where are you? What did you guys think
3: you were going to be doing? Well, way back then, as as we're questioning, uh, uh, my thought process always was to help others and specifically teams. That was always kind of my my aim or my focus. I didn't know uh, in what capacity. I was kind of lost as far as that was concerned. But I always uh, kind of had that as a vision And post-college, it it kind of materialized uh, in a teaching and coaching realm. But uh, before that, I I kind of struck an interest at the college level into uh, marriage and family counseling. And so um, um, I've always kind of surrounded myself in that area. Uh, But but there's obviously a lot of areas to go through uh, or that you can go through as far as getting there. But that was kind of my process.
2: Um, Most of my life, if you'd asked me that question, I would have said either a teacher or a lawyer, um, which sounds like two maybe not very related careers. Um, One thing that I'm sure had a huge influence, I didn't think it did at the time, but um, those are actually the two careers that my mom had. She started out as an elementary school teacher and then later um, became a lawyer. Um, And you know, private practice, and then worked in corporate law. Um, So I'm sure that that had something to do with it. But I think my parents used to say because I like to argue a lot, and I was um, I think pretty good at it. Like I came up with good logical arguments in response to whatever they wanted to suggest. That they're like, okay, future lawyer, you know. Um, So that was kind of interesting to me because, and I think that fits in later in school, like what I said, I liked about geometry or physics, like just the logical problem solving. Like, I like that. I like, I like that. um, Just that the way your brain has to work in those situations. Um, But I, I, from when I was really little, I always wanted to be a teacher. I think because I always liked school. Like I, I always liked school. I always liked my teachers, you know, I used to set up all my stuffed animals, like they were my students in my room, I was the teacher, and they were the students, and, you know, I just enjoyed that, like the everything about it, Um, so I always, you know, that was always in my mind, Um, as I went through school, um, I have a degree in political science, and I totally enjoyed all those classes, and that's what, It kind of got me into economics which is really what i enjoyed the most but i think as an older person um knowing people that i went to school with that went into law you know ahead of me and then also seeing my mom's career from a different viewpoint as not just like her daughter but like a young adult or someone that's thinking about my own future i wasn't really confident that i would be able to have a job in law that would be personally rewarding to me. Um, it seemed like there were lots of um, career paths that through law that could put you in a situation that you might not be able to live with or be very happy with. My mind really changed when I had an internship with an organization called Outward Bound between my junior and senior year in college. And that's like, a it's basically like an outdoor school, kind of an outdoor experience for mostly teenagers. uh, We used to call them youth at risk. You know, my dad would have called them delinquents. Um, but, uh, kids that were kind of troubled or challenged and you take them out for like two weeks, three weeks, four weeks in the woods. And they just like have to deal. They just have to learn how to work together and get through things and like literally survive. So doing that, that was like a life changing experience for me because, I always liked those activities. I was camped with my dad. I grew up in Minnesota. Everyone does things outdoors. But the reward I got from working with the kids and, like, seeing, you know, positive changes, I was like, this is for me, you know. So that set me down the path more toward education and saying, okay, forget law school. I'm not doing that.
1: So um, you talked about you know, you were on the path to becoming a lawyer at one point. So if you were to get in an argument together, who would win the argument? Because it sounds like Miss Jones would well, take control of the whole situation, I'm not, but I'm not totally I'm sure not who sure. would win.
2: Like, who gets the last word? Well, um, I it's don't a, know. It's
3: not an easy scenario. Yeah,
2: I don't know what the running total is as far as winning arguments is in the household. Do you guys keep tallying? <laughs> I will tell you this. Um, it's kind of surprising we don't have a tally. probably couldn't start the tally because we'd argue over who won the argument. But um, when we get going, it's sometimes a spectator sport. So we have a a friend in our neighborhood who um, used to love to just stop by and like, um, if we had some sort of disagreement, I mean, these are like lighthearted disagreements, but you know, he would come over and we'd be like, okay, we're gonna ask, we're gonna ask Matt. And then I would ask a question. And then Chris, pretty soon, he started banning me from asking the question because he said I would ask it in a leading way that would make Matt agree with me. And so then he said, I wasn't allowed to ask the questions. And then we'd go back and forth and Matt would just be sitting there totally entertained. Like, "Um, this is great. We love watching the Joneses go back and forth. So, We both can throw some (laughs) arguments around. Um,
3: Let's just put it this way. We talk about things that most people wouldn't talk about for that long. And we extend it for quite a long period of time because we can go back.
2: At some point in the conversation, there are scientific facts that are brought up. And, you know, if we asked a hundred people, I'm pretty sure they would say, you know, and so on. So um, we, we can get into it, Um, but we don't, We don't really do it in an angry way. It's mostly kind of for fun, back and forth, Um, but...
3: It's a good challenge.
2: Arguing is is a little bit of a sport, you know?
1: Yeah, it's funny, a spectating sport. So you have your neighbors come over and be like that second opinion?
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes, we like, we want some justification that we were right. Yeah.
0: Nice. Um so what did high school what did post high school look for you guys like after high school where did that take you
3: Yeah so I um for me like I said uh I really was on a track of uh, basketball and wanted to pursue a basketball uh future at the college level uh I had uh, a couple scholarship offers out of high school that I didn't uh want to take uh for various reasons So I ended up going to Pasadena City College. Uh, The high school I went to was La Cañada High School, which is right by the Rose Bowl. And I went to Pasadena City College very unwillingly because I had made up my mind um, and the environment that I grew up in. We just didn't, we didn't have students on our campus go the junior college route. That just wasn't something that anybody did. And I learned an appreciation for the junior college route, especially here in California, Uh, much later on in life. And so I went that route, determined that I was going to be a one-year-and-done person because I was going to earn my scholarship and move on. And I put in my first year, I had a really good season. And um, when we were going into the playoffs, uh, I was really frustrated because I hadn't heard a lot of information from college coaches that were recruiting me, and I just couldn't understand why because I heard it the previous year in high school and because I was performing at an all-state level. So I asked my coach uh, on our first practice in preparation for our playoff game what he thought or what the deal was, and I was basically uh, told that I shouldn't be worrying about that at the time. He went up to his office, came down with a huge box in his hands, dropped it on the court, and there were hundreds of letters and hundreds of contacts in there throughout the season that he never gave to me and it was really upsetting to me because it was done with the purpose of keeping keeping me there for a second year. But at that point I had no choice. I put in my second year and it kind of uh, made my my first two years experience at Pasadena City College difficult, uh, hard, along with other uh, factors that were there. But I eventually did move on um, and my new frustration became, I lost count now, but it was six or seven different schools that were recruiting me that all lost their, their coaches when I was leaving Pasadena. They either uh, left because they were fired or because they retired after long careers. So I was, again, left with a very small um, uh, opportunity because once a coach leaves, you're kind of not there to recruit anymore, and those schools are gone. So I ended up going to Southern Utah University. Um, I went there um, for a variety of reasons, but from a from a basketball standpoint, uh, the schedule that they played at the time was attractive to me. The style of play was attractive. And I went there, uh, ended up graduating from there, although I did transfer to University of Nevada at Reno as well and spent some time there. And. Um, You know, again, basketball became more of a job at that level. It became more of uh, a labor. Um, I had an opportunity to go play in the pro league in Australia after I graduated and I turned it down because I was just exhausted and tired of the routine. So it was kind of at that level, those last two years, that I kind of really started focusing more on getting back to what I was going to do with my life because basketball was coming to a, a quick end for me. And that's when I graduated um, and worked at a family service agency in Pasadena um, and enrolled at Laverne uh, University for their MFCC program, which is a marriage and family counseling license. And that did not turn out to go very well for me for several months because I just heard what we would call psychobabble, nonstop, whether I was at work or at night school, and it just was too much for me. Uh, And so that's where I kind of was just left with, what am I going to do? And uh, so I retreated back to my high school and started uh, coaching with my coach and substitute teaching, and things kind of evolved from there.
2: For me, um, the expectation in my household was always that you would uh, go to a four-year university, the best one you could get in, and graduate in four years and start a, you know, good career and, and be on your own. So that's that's what the expectation was. That's pretty much what I did. Um, my I have a brother who's two years older than me. Um, he went to Northwestern, and I ended up going also to Northwestern University. Um, I only applied two places and Northwestern was the best academic academic school that I got into. So, uh, and then having visited there, both with my parents and without my parents and seeing like what the real kind of college life was like, um, I was, was, you know, I decided to do that. Um, I also was excited to be around Chicago and be kind of, you know, on the edge of a big city having grown up in kind of a small town in Minnesota, I thought that sounded fun. Um, so my parents uh, were fortunate enough to be able to provide that for me. They paid for my tuition. Um, I had jobs all the way through to pay for other things, but um, you know, I graduated in four years and um, I already mentioned that I had that experience with Outward Bound between my junior and senior year. So when I graduated I went straight back to Hourbound I worked there for three summers making like nothing. I mean I think I got paid 50 bucks a day while I was on course uh, and you li- I lived in a, like it was called a tent cabin. It was like basically like a shack in the woods with no electricity or anything and then was out on course with these kids you know most of the summer and and I didn't have any expenses though. I didn't, I didn't have any bills so it was fine with me. And then I went on a big trip, like a solo trip, just all around the West and the Southwest. I'd never been to the Southwest and I just drove around and camped. And, you know, if I knew someone somewhere, I'd stop and visit them. And I just kind of camped and backpacked and stuff. And then I, um, my plan was to work at a ski place in the winter. So, uh, I worked at Alta, which is a ski resort in Utah. And I, while I was traveling around had stopped by there to interview and I lived on the mountain, you could, you could work there and take half your pay and have it be room and board. So I lived on the mountain and got paid even less, <laughs> but again, I didn't have any bills. And so I just skied every day and, you know, hung out and you know I, I did that for a couple of years, like winters at Alta and summers, uh, up in the boundary waters doing that rebound. And then, You know, I realized I could do that for fun for a couple years, but obviously I was going to need to move on and do something, you know, with more income. (laughs) And just, you know, I I wanted to just enjoy that time of my life because I knew that once I got into a career, there's there's really no way to go back. You know, you can't, you know, once you have the bills and, you know, commitments and a family and stuff like that, you, you can't really relive those years. So I was glad I took advantage of that time. And I had fun, and I did things I loved. Um, and then eventually, I just started subbing. I mean, I kind of just, I moved to California for no particular reason, worked as a waitress, then I started subbing, and then when I was subbing, the people there were like, aren't you applying for a job? I'm like, Cause I don't have a teaching credential. And they're like, who cares? Why don't you get one? That was at a time when California was hiring tons of teachers. So it just turned into a job, and then I took night classes to get my credential, and it's like, the rest is history.
0: So it sounds like you both have, like, very different uh, pre-high school experiences or very different childhoods. So the big question, of course, is is how did this happen? How did, how did we end up <laughs> how did with start? Mr. and Mrs. Jones here at Lakeside?
2: Well, whenever the comes in my classroom, which it frequently does. You know, when you're in in in-person school and you actually get to know your students more and they get to know you and you're, you know, there's time for some conversation, frequently that question comes up and I usually tell my students, you guys, you're not going to believe this. You know, it is such an amazing story. And students are like, what? You know, they're kind of like super excited, like, you know, anything's more interesting possibly than what I'm teaching. I'm not sure, but they always kind of are like, "What? tell us the story, tell us the story. And then I'm like, yeah, we met at work. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that it's really it. <laughs> not some um, super amazing story or anything, but that Match school made <laughs> <laughs> that school that I subbed at where they, you know, hired me like kind of asked me to just apply. Um, that's where, the mr jones over here was already the head basketball coach and a teacher and we both since we both teach the same subjects we were assigned um, a new district requirement the freshman there had to take world geography and it was a new requirement so we were kind of assigned to build the class together and also teach a lot of the sections and i don't know i think he just kind of spotted me one day and then we He Somehow conversation started and when he found out I went to Northwestern, I think the crush happened because he loves big Ten schools and athletics. And he was like, oh, a wildcat. (laughs) And and then I told him I was from Minnesota and Mr. Jones was born in Iowa. So the rest- It's it's all a Midwestern thing. Instantly when he said he was born in Iowa, I was like oh this is a good guy even though minnesotans kind of um i still knew he had to be a good character
3: yeah her dad always wants to crack jokes at me <laughs> like uh you know minnesotans are better than islands but you know i'm always uh coming up with so now the 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 true answer to your question <laughs> you know, is um that i can't wait for this is that we you're 100 percent correct there are a lot of differences uh, throughout our lives that you've already picked up on. Um, But uh, the similarities that kind of exist there uh, are, as I just stated, the Midwestern base, which um, we really buy into, and I think a lot of Midwestern people do as well. There's kind of a, you know, there's a different feel um, with people in different regions of the country, and certainly that Midwestern uh, uh, feel is a different one. So that's something that I think is, uh, uh, very similar for both of us. Uh, the athletic background, I think is something that's very similar for us. As she said, uh, the school that we were at at the same time, when we met, um, I was already coaching there. Uh, I was the athletic director there as well. Um, and then she came in to coach. So, uh, there was that similarity that we spent a lot of time, uh, on the af- in the athletic sector. Uh, A lot of the things that we do all the way up to today, we enjoy uh, following sports of all kinds. Uh, When we travel, a lot of our trips uh, kind of are targeting certain athletic events or certain schools that we can go by. So we do have that um, similarity as well. Um, The family base um, that we both have, I mean, we're big on family and and getting together and, and You know just hanging out all together with the family so there's quite a few things that we do share that have that strong similar base despite the fact that uh there are some of those uh, major differences that you picked up on uh, at least during our youth
2: it might sound weird to you guys to say like what's the big deal about being from the midwest but um it's something that if you ask anyone that's actually from the midwest it's a universal response that there's just certain things that you have in common from like a foundational level, like just certain things that like that all people teach their kids back there and, um, just values that are, you know, it's easy to have differences of opinion on things. And we can argue all day about, you know, funny topics or whatever, but when it comes down to, you know, the real stuff, the stuff that you build your life on, um, you know, we we agree. I mean, we just kind of come from the same place. I think our our morals and our values, our hearts are in the same place. So that's that's what makes you know Team Jones work.
3: <laughs> I think the other the other aspect too that that I think makes us very similar is, uh, as she said, kind of the the moral background or the standards that we both hold. I think we're very similar in our high level of demand, the expectations that we have of people, um, the drive that we have towards uh, certain success. So I think that that is something that also uh, is a strong similarity between us. And I think she developed that from her parents and also from her educational experience being as as top-notch as she was in the university that she went to. And then for me, like I said, from my high school experience, which was such a high level uh, atmosphere, I think those are things that both uh, shaped us into a similar mold as well. Uh, And we're both very demanding people, which could be hard at times, but it also fits together pretty well because we understand each other at that level.
2: We're both really competitive um, in everything we do. And um, (laughs) I mean, like, our kids, you know, when they were like four or five learning how to play checkers, you're like, Mom, can't you just let me win? I'm like, No, <laughs> you can win when you're good enough to beat me. I'm like, No, wow. you, know, you, play, you play, you play to win, you know, and nice. I'm, I'm not gonna let you win, You have to figure it out, you know, if, if they wanna run a race, I'm running to win. And, you know, when I work out, I work out hard. And, you know, if I'm gonna take a test, I'm gonna get an A and uh you know i just we both are kind of like high performers in the things that we do and we expect that of ourselves we might feel sorry for our kids at this point but (laughs) i think it i think it helps them
3: and on a side note um we have four kids but the two older ones 23 and and 21 both are still trying to beat us in checkers and things like that so (laughs) it's
2: uh family games family games often end with well, the youngest ones sometimes cry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. no. You can get, people can get angry. You're like, like ah, I'm sucker, scared. suck it up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's taunting at the table. There's all kinds of things.
1: I mean, like, I'm not really phased by that kind of stuff because it happens in my house, too. Like, everything just ends up becoming a competition. So, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, family game nights get pretty intense. And it's almost scary. We're all like, I don't think I can go to sleep tonight. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, I that, can't.
3: <laughs> that's pretty unique. I mean, there's, there's some people that they, they just don't deal well in that kind of environment. Um, and, uh, and we know that, um, especially for me coaching. You know, I coach all kinds. So you kind of got to tap into the ways different people are. And even in the classroom. You know there's there's students that have that drive and that competitive nature that it doesn't matter what you give them uh as far as you know an assignment or a challenge whatever it might be they're going to rise to that and there's others that you know that's not the way that they operate um so there's a balance there um that needs to be respectful not only of students but of athletes but also just in our own family at times where uh you got to be able to check yourself and I think we both um, are kind of at a, a similar point in, in that regard.
0: Is it ever weird that you guys work together? Are there ever any like cons to working together at Lakeside?
3: I have never had a con in working with her. We've, we've worked at the same place since, uh, call it mid to late 90s. And I've never had a con that I've ever come up with. Um, To me, it's all uh, positives. Um, But the truth of the matter is, we get this question quite often really. And the truth of the matter is when we are at work, we are really kind of in work mode and she's not really that concerned about me and I'm not really that concerned about her. There's plenty of times where we go without ever seeing each other during the day. Um, Our schedules uh, are frequently different. Um, So the pros, though, are the ability to to be able to share the same experience for right now. Uh, For example, at Lakeside High School, uh, we may share some of the same students. Uh, As she already said, uh, we have taught some of the same classes, so frequently we're able to bounce ideas off of each other in in that uh, uh, idea uh and then there's times depending on schedule and the time of year uh that we can even commute uh, uh although there's probably been more times we haven't been able to commute together than have but all those things have been positives and um you know when we're in the hallways between uh, the beginning and end of school i mean she's doing her thing and i'm doing mine and we hardly see each other
2: I, m- most of my friends you know I think they—they're like, what, like when the pandemic started and everyone was like home, and I, you know, most most couples don't work together, so all of a sudden, all these married couples were like at home with each other all day, and it was really kind of amusing. You know, everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, he needs to go back to work." You know, these people need to get out of the house. You know, and I'm like, I not really that different for us even though what what mr jones said is true when we're at work we're we're you know i my area of control is the four walls of my classroom i try to do the best job i can there and we try to both be super efficient at work so that we don't take work home so i mean there's times when i don't even leave at break or lunch you know i don't even even though it's right down the hall or whatever, because I'm like, ooh, I gotta get this stuff graded because I want to get it graded and entered before I go home, you know? And uh, so we're really focused on what we're doing at work. It is fun, you know, to be able to walk down the hall and walk into his classroom. And, you know, every once in a while, (laughs) we can get one of those little arguments in front of the students. They usually think that's funny. Um, Or, you know, when the school nurse calls and says one of your kids is sick, who's leaving, who's gonna go get the, you know, you can hand the phone over to the other one. And um, I mean, mostly it's just a cooperative effort because we do teach the same subjects. This year, well, almost every year we've taught, we've had at least one shared prep, like same class that we're teaching. So, you know, we just share the work, we, you know, so, I mean, I know Mr. Jones' job would be a lot harder if I didn't work at the same school. That's for darn sure, but, um, you know, we the
3: the other aspect (laughs) to that, though, is truthfully, we it's funny because some students a lot of times have had each of us in a class and they will reflect on the fact that, you know, what the experience one year is far different than the experience in the other year, and we kind of laugh behind the scenes because so often a student (laughs) thinks that they're going to get something you know so much better or so much different when the reality is we do have so many things that we parallel off Mm -hmm. of each other sometimes it's assignments sometimes it's the our grading scales the way that we grade
2: the tasks
3: but that being said there are some significant differences as well uh stylistically and the way that we do things. so i think that there's a blend that students that have had each of us um would hear that and understand what we're saying, that there are so many things that are paralleling each other, but yet we do have a lot of differences. A lot of times the difference is just as simple as when they go down to her room, they get the smiley, fun person, and when they come to my room, they get the you know grouchy person. And we, just, we laugh about that as well, because um, uh, there's while well, there's always elements of truth in some of this stuff, uh, students' perspectives are sometimes uh, funny to hear.
2: You know, sometimes, obviously, since, you know, uh, being female and male, there's some kids that are just drawn to a male teacher or a female teacher, you know, for whatever their life experiences are, or, you know, whatever. And obviously, we are different people with different personalities, but there's so many underlying things that are the same. Like, I frequently had a student that maybe had Mr. Jones first and then, and then is in my class. And they'll say, like, oh, my gosh, you guys even talk alike. Like, like, you just said that. And that sounds like something Mr. Jones would say. I'm like, well, you know, we do spend a lot of time together. You know? Or, you know, there's things where, you know, I, if a student's in my class and then I know they're going to be in Mr. Jones next year, I'm like, ooh, you're scared, huh? You know, and they're like, Well, And I'm like. The only difference is I smile more. I'm like, we literally do the same things in class. You know, you're going to be held to the same standard. Like, you know, what are you worried about? Like, I'm not going to smile or he's not going to smile at you when you walk in the room? Yeah. So.
3: Probably the question that I've been asked most over the course of my life, I've lost count. But the question I've probably been asked more than any other question is, uh, how come I don't smile more? What's wrong? Oh, no. Quite frequently, they'll all, because they go down to her room and she's always smiley and bubbly and, and uh, my response is always that I'm, I'm fine way more often than people realize, um, but that, that initial response is, is what they uh, respond to. So those that know me, students that have had me, you know, for an entire, you know, school year and sometimes two school years. Uh, They know that about me and they'll even joke with me about, uh, you know, the smile every now and then or or, uh, whether I'm actually, you know, in in the good mood at that time or not. But I'm in a far better mood more times than people realize.
2: People always think he's like grouchy or intimidated by him. Literally, no one's intimidated by me. I'm I'm (laughs) going to get him a desk plaque that says I'm smiling on the inside and that'll clear everything up.
1: I love that. I mean, I have Mr. Jones as my economics teacher this uh next the second semester. Um, and I remember coming into your class like the for the first time, you know, like online, and I I wasn't intimidated. I was just like, he's cool. I like him. You know, I feel like he's he's supportive. Like he's not going to like degrade me or some like if I got something wrong, he's like, "You're wrong. You need to fix it." You know? He's more just like well, again, lip-smart. it's all about
3: perspectives, and um, I think, although it's maybe a biased opinion coming from me, uh, I th- I'd like to say that you're right on. Um, <laughs> some, people, some people get that about me. Um, many students kind of uh, see through all of the periphery stuff, and they understand uh, uh, my, my care and my willingness to go the extra mile for students. Um, but others, you know, they don't get that, and it makes it harder. Uh, so I have to try to um, kind of maybe reach towards that side a little bit more. But that's my tendency is what it is, and I always appreciate students that uh, can see that and uh, uh, get value.
2: I always tell students if they're worried about going to Mr. Jones' class, I'm like, just do your work and be responsible, and you're not going to have a problem. I'm like, but if you don't yeah. do your work, like he's going to railroad you. I mean, like, oh he, yeah. He, you know, you got to get it done. If you're not, he you will bend over backwards and go the extra mile for anyone as long as they show something, you know, like, yeah. they're, like they're respectful, they try, they, they're putting in some effort. But if you don't do that, I mean, you're going to get the wrath. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm think probably more, I don't know, I'm probably more generous in helping anyone, even the ones that maybe don't earn it. I don't know.
0: <laughs> so, since this is our Valentine's Day episode, do you have any advice for those little Mr. and Mrs. Joneses on campus, the little student couples, what's your advice? Yeah.
2: Well, I'm going to just take over here because I don't, I don't know if you can guess this about Mr. Jones, but he's, he's not... In on the top 10 list of making Valentine's Day plans. Okay. Gosh. I'm gonna field this question and I'm gonna say that, well, this would be my answer all the time, but especially true given the pandemic. Can't really go places and do things you might normally wanna do. So I always think that it's kind of like the little thoughtful things that mean a lot more anyway. So, I mean, my, one of my favorite Valentine's days that we've ever had was uh, the, the twins were little, like, I don't know, they were little. We, they were too little that we couldn't, we, we had teenagers and toddlers at the same time, and we were not going anywhere. You know, it was not going to be like a Mr. and Mrs. Jones romantic night. So, I don't know if you had the idea or I did, but we went and got stuff. And we all made like individual pizzas, and I think there were some flowers involved. But um, <laughs> you know, we all just were at home and we, we made individual pizzas, and we just hung out. I don't know; it was just fun. It was like family fun, which isn't really the spirit of Valentine's Day, but um, <laughs> the, of Valentine's Day. I think that uh, especially when you're younger, like you don't have to spend a lot of money. You don't have to, you know. It's the thought that counts. Early. You, it, yeah, it really, I, I really do think that. And that is truly like the Midwestern in me. But it is the thought that counts. <laughs> something, a homemade card, something thoughtful, like is so much more meaningful than, I don't know, just about anything. So I'm a little old fashioned that way. Um, but I think it fits the time period. You know, So I would say, I don't know, something, something small and thoughtful and from the heart is the way to go. So, Mr. Jones, you
1: got to get, Ms. Jones, a bouquet of flowers and um, a box of chocolates because Valentine's Day is this weekend.
3: Okay? (laughs) Make sure that um, when we get to our next couple classes, make sure that before you leave class you remind me.
1: I'm on it. I'm on it.
3: Nice. The most important thing for me is, um, you know, I don't know if this is advice or not, but it's kind of a day-to-day, you know, all year long, be true to who you are and be true to um, what you value uh, because that says a lot more than anything that you can provide in just one specific day of the year. And so while Valentine's Day is a representat- representation uh, of how you feel, uh, to me there's, there's more if you can be consistent throughout the year uh, to what those values are.
2: Not to discount that answer, but that sounds like someone who's rationalizing not getting flowers and chocolate. <laughs> I <don't know>. uh, <laughs>
1: Maybe a poem or or like a, like a teddy bear?
3: Uh, no? Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Oh, that see, that sounds uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can do, Bailey, and I'll, I'll make oh, sure when uh the decision comes down i'll make sure i fill you in on the great plan and idea that i came up with
2: okay i can see him asking our 11 year olds what the uh syllabus strategy is for a haiku right now like <laughs> oh like God. okay
1: i got this so far five seven five <laughs> Well, it was super awesome having you guys come on here. Um, it was definitely interesting to see um, you know, what Mr. Jones was like, because I have him as a teacher, um, get to know him a little bit more. Um, and Mrs. Jones, I don't have you as a teacher, but you seem really dope,
2: so that's cool. <laughs> well, thanks for having us. Uh, we, I was a little bit anxious. I'm like, oh my gosh, they want to interview us. What does anyone want to care about, about what we have to say? But uh, hopefully there, were, there was some sort of entertainment uh, or uh, insight as to, you know, who we are, why we do what we do, um, and maybe that, that is either entertaining or can provide some sort of direction for kids that are wondering the same things that we faced a long time ago. So uh, it, was, it was a pleasure. Thanks for inviting us.
3: Yeah, let us know when we sign up for part two.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: we'll
0: okay. need that uh, Valentine's Day gift update. Definitely. Yeah,
2: It's yeah. like a quick a little problem. snippet. Yeah.
3: In fact, when we get on for part two, that's what the entire episode will be. Is you know <laughs> what
2: happened? It might be a short episode. <laughs> oh man! Here we go again. It's like
1: three minutes. I mean, not even three <laughs> minutes. Thirty. Thirty-five
0: seconds. Thirty seconds of Mr. Joan apologizing.
3: support her cause right now. Watch, it's gonna be the best
2: Valentine's Day ever. <laughs> pressure's on now.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great getting to talk to you. Make sure you guys drop us a follow on Instagram and Spotify at High School Transcript, and feel free to DM us any questions that you have for our guests that will be announced as they are coming up in the next couple of weeks. We hope you guys tune in next time.